This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee, where we set another record for COVID cases as the governor defended the slow progress of vaccinations. The state has received approximately 1 million doses of the Moderna and Pfizer vaccines, and if you look at the official stats from the health department, it appears as though only about a third of them have actually been administered. But Ron DeSantis says the reports are lagging. When the shots are administered, the admin- whoever is the administrator has 24 hours to report it, and then by the time it gets through that system, so you're really looking at about a 72-hour lag. The governor also says it's not fair to blame his administration for long lines to get a shot because the state doesn't actually make appointments. They leave that to local hospitals and health departments. For us to direct every dose that goes for hospitals and all that would be a total Charlie Foxtrot. Okay, let me tell you, it would not work well. Later in the podcast, we'll tell you what Charlie Foxtrot actually means. If you spent any time in the military, you already know. COVID-19 has had a disproportionate impact on communities of color, so a coalition of black pastors has created the statewide COVID-19 Vaccine Community Engagement Task Force. Their goal is simple. But now that we have a vaccine uh, believed to be safe and effective, it is incumbent upon this task force to encourage family members and friends and members of our congregations and the people that we associate with, our colleagues, uh, to follow us in rolling up our sleeves uh, to take the vaccine. It's been more than three weeks since the vaccinations began in Florida, but the COVID surge has reached record levels. The health department reported 132 additional fatalities Wednesday, 17,783 new cases. Now that, my friends, is the most in one day since the pandemic began here in Florida. But once again, the governor is refusing to impose any statewide restrictions to mitigate the spread of the virus or let local governments enforce their own restrictions. We will categorically not allow any local government to lock people down. We will not let any local government kick anybody out of their job. We will not any local government fine individual Floridians. We will not let any local government uh, shut down schools. Um, And we're not going to let any local governments um, do those things. We'll also have reaction from Florida politicians on the violence in Washington, D.C. on the day they were supposed to be counting the Electoral College votes. And we'll close with a story about a Florida man who decided to ignore the COVID protocols so his wealthy friends and donors could be vaccinated without waiting like the rest of us. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Thursday, January 7th. On this day in 1927, the Harlem Globetrotters played their first game. President Bill Clinton's impeachment trial in the Senate began on this day in 1999, after the House voted to impeach him for lying about his affair with Monica Lewinsky. January 7th is also designated as Old Rock Day. The unofficial holiday encourages people to acknowledge, celebrate, and learn more about old rocks and fossils. It's been more than three weeks since COVID vaccinations began in Florida, but we just set another record with almost 18,000 new cases in a single day. The actual number, 17,783. More than 1,409,000 Floridians have now been infected since the start of the pandemic. The health department also reported 132 additional fatalities Wednesday. That increases Florida's death toll to 22,647. But during a press conference in Pensacola, Governor Ron DeSantis said he is not going to impose any new restrictions to try to stop the spread of the virus, and he is still prohibiting local governments from fining anyone who violates their safety rules. We will categorically not allow any local government to lock people down. We will not let any local government 
kick anybody out of their job. We will not any local government fine individual Floridians. We will not let any local government uh, shut down schools. Um, and we're not going to let um, any local governments um, do those things. So, you know, you can you can advocate uh, for certain stuff. You know, there are certain businesses, obviously, they're doing whatever. But mandates, lockdowns, fines, um, we're just not doing that. They are not effective. Let me tell you that right now. You look around the country and see some of the areas that have had the most draconian restrictions, and you're seeing really, really bad results. Um, it doesn't work. Uh, we got to trust people, give them the information, to, uh, you know, ask that they use common sense. DeSantis was speaking at the Mount Olive Baptist Church, one of the new vaccination centers the governor is rushing to open. He held a second press conference later in the day at Miami's Hard Rock Stadium, which is being converted from a testing center to a vaccination center. He's doing this in part because of the slow pace of vaccinations. Florida has received approximately one million doses over the past month, but if you check the stats at the health department, you'll discover less than a third of them have actually been administered. The governor says that's an understatement because of the reporting system that always lags by a few days. When the shots are administered, the admin whoever is the administrator has 24 hours to report it, and then by the time it gets through that system, so you're really looking at about a 72-hour lag. So if you go back, I mean, they're even updating from the weekend. Uh, so I think we're, you know, probably, um, I would best, you know, well over 300,000. Now, we are starting to do booster shots. Those do not, those are not included in terms of, if we say 350,000 or whatever we do, if we do 40,000 today, let's say, that's only initial doses. That is not counting the booster shot um, for that. And we and we do we do we do still get the numbers. I, I think we'll probably get them towards the end of this week, and I'm happy to report. I am in negotiations though to um, you know to get more than I think what we're looking at. We're looking at right now um is what we're hearing again this this is like a system it's it's there and then they finalize it um we're looking at about a quarter of a million next week split almost evenly between pfizer and moderna um now as you know that's that's more than we got in week one when we got 180,000 pfizer that's less than what we got in week two um and so what i've told i've talked to both the white house and secretary azar and i just said uh because we have this stuff we're seeing where how it's getting out the door. We're seeing where the shots are going in arms. And I have enough people telling me they can do more. We want them to do more. And so, you know, we've asked for more. And I think you're going to start to see, you know, that really pop to scale very soon. The governor has taken a lot of heat for the slow rollout of the vaccination program and the long lines of seniors waiting for hours, not to mention the confusion because there is no central registry to sign up for a vaccination. You have to deal with the individual hospital or county health department to set up an appointment. DeSantis claims that's actually better than a centralized system. First of all, it's not all through the state. I mean, that's that's I think what people don't understand. Um, for us to direct every dose that goes for hospitals and all that would be a total Charlie Foxtrot. OK, let me tell you, it would not work well. In case you're wondering, the term Charlie Foxtrot is military slang for the term clusterfuck. Sorry to interrupt there, Gov. What was it you were saying? Having one centralized thing and then dictating the hospitals uh, would not have been would not have been effective. And so we always viewed this uh, from the very beginning um, as, OK, what existing infrastructure do we have uh, in the state? Uh, these are the best that, that we have in this. Let's obviously harness that. They all want to be involved in this. I mean, no one's walking away from it. Um, and so you do that. But I think if you're going to go get a shot at Jackson, 
you want to make the appointment with Jackson. You don't want to make it with a, a government agency and then have that be passed on uh, to Jackson. So I, I think that, th that that's a better way to go. And look, a lot of this was, um, you know, we got the 180, then we got more, and then now we're kind of, you know, a little less than where we were. So we want to make sure that the vaccine's there to be able uh, to, to administer. But I think you're going to see that that's something that, that is happening. Um, I, I was really impressed with the pace I saw at Jackson in terms of the shots. I was very impressed with Orlando Health. And then this morning up in Pensacola, I mean, man, people were so excited to be able to get these shots. They had the mask on, but as I said, the smiles were under the mask. I mean, people really appreciate it. Some of the hospitals have set up online reservation systems, but seniors are the only ones eligible for a shot right now. And a lot of people my age still haven't figured out this whole digital thing. So the governor says they'll be hiring more people to staff call centers who will help health departments and state vaccination sites schedule appointments. So it's an absolutely valid concern. I mean, you have a situation, and we said this from the beginning, we have 4.4 million people that are 65 and over. We do not have 4.4 million vaccine. We don't even have a million vaccines sitting around at this point. So the demand is, is gonna outstrip supply. This, so, this was reserved in two hours. So if you didn't know what was going on right now, you go five hours later, yeah, you can't do it. So we understand that. Um, I think most of the hospitals have, have worked through some of their registration issues. I know we've had it in other parts of the state. In every instance, they've made uh, accommodations. What we are doing though in the state, and I've directed, uh, for at least the county health departments and any state-run sites, uh, you know, we're surging additional uh, telephone folks so that, because you're right, I mean, some people just want to talk to somebody and, um, and maybe they don't know internet as much um, as, as we think that everyone does. Uh, so, so that'll be happening. So on these uh, drive-through sites, if they're in partnership with county health, there'll be additional phone resources to be able to do. And I know some of the hospitals uh, are doing that as well. So I think it's a totally valid concern and we're, we're working on helping people dress it. But I also think some of this is just the fact that um, it's gonna take some time to get enough vaccine to meet the demand. I don't think it's gonna take, you know, three months, but I think every week we'll get more and then more and more people will be able to do it. So if you couldn't get a, a reservation here today or tomorrow, just understand there's going to be more opportunities and we want to bring that to the community. Absolutely. The COVID crisis has been far more deadly in black and brown communities than anywhere else in Florida. And there are many minorities who simply do not trust the government, especially when it comes to public health. Just Google the words Tuskegee experiment to find out why. So a coalition of black ministers has decided to step up in the fight against COVID-19. The Reverend A.J. Richardson of Jacksonville is bishop of the African Methodist Episcopal Churches in Florida. Uh, there is no question about it that the novel coronavirus has been a muscle-bound bully uh, in our midst. It was unconquerable thus far. Uh, but the fact of the matter is that uh, the virus did not go away as predicted by the current administration on November the 4th. It only got worse. And now we're at uh, 20 million cases and above and 340,000 deaths and that black people and minority people are disproportionately represented in that number. And so, so much for the hoax theory. Uh, many of our task force members have stood with families at open graves and uh, to declare now that COVID-19 is real. But now that we have a vaccine uh, believed to be safe and effective, it is incumbent upon this task force to encourage 
family members and friends and members of our congregations and the people that we associate with, our colleagues, uh, to follow us in rolling up our sleeves uh, to take the vaccine. And we pray that we have earned uh, the right to be heard and uh, also earned your trust. And most of us will receive uh, the vaccine by the end of the week. I know that my family and I, my wife and I, uh, will be taking the vaccine tomorrow, uh, presenting ourselves as examples of faith leaders uh, who trust the science and the efficacy of the vaccine. The Reverend R.B. Holmes of Tallahassee's Bethel Missionary Baptist Church says they will lead by example. My friends, this is a sense of urgency. We feel that this, uh, these vaccines are a gift of life. We know, unfortunately and sadly, that people of color are dying disproportionately. Many of us, all of us, have buried, ministered, and comforted thousands of people who have died or dying uh, from the, the virus. This one battle that we cannot sit out. 21 million of our citizens have been infected by this beast. 340,000 people have died. This is a moral call. This is not a political call. This is a moral call. We appreciate uh, the state of Florida. We appreciate our political leaders but we understand as community leaders, especially in the clergy, with all of these major bishops and pastors serving on this task force, that, that this may be our last time. Uh, we, we, we're gonna have to come together, work with the governor, if you will work with us, as well as the health officials across the state of Florida. I did write the honorable uh, Governor DeSantis a letter uh, last week um, uh, expressing to him the, the purpose and goals and objectives of this uh, task force. We reached out with an with a olive branch and a welcome hand and not a fist uh, to know that this is not about politics, it's about people. The task force will be working with churches and historically black colleges and universities to turn them into vaccination sites. Two legislative committees that were set up to review Florida's response to the coronavirus pandemic hold their first meetings next week. State Surgeon General Scott Rivkes is scheduled to address the Senate Select Committee on Pandemic Preparedness and Response on January 14th. Now, he's been banned from the governor's press conferences since the early days of the pandemic when he made the mistake of predicting we would need to wear masks and practice social distancing for at least a year. He was right, but that didn't fit the governor's narrative. The House Pandemics and Public Emergencies Committee will also meet next week, but their agenda has yet to be published. This will be the first time the legislature has dealt with the COVID crisis. Next up on Sunrise, Florida lawmakers respond to the attempted coup in Washington, D.C. with universal condemnation of the rioters who supported Donald Trump. But first, a word from the sponsors. You're listening to the Sunrise Podcast from Florida Politics, and we're much obliged. If you live along the I-4 corridor, learn to use your business experience to impact public policy. Apply by January 8th to the Central Florida Political Leadership Institute at cflpli.org. 
The Orlando Economic Partnership offers this free, nonpartisan program for business-minded leaders to explore whether elected or appointed office is right for them, discover political strategies to succeed and lead, and join a network of influencers. Apply by January 8th at cflpli.org. Welcome back to Sunrise. Donald Trump's supporters violated every norm of American politics Wednesday when they stormed the U.S. Capitol to try to stop the counting of the electoral votes that sealed the election of Joe Biden as the next president. How did Florida politicians respond? Well, Congressman Al Lawson of Tallahassee says it wasn't a protest, it was a riot. He blames Trump and says the president should be removed from office immediately. The Speaker of the Florida House, Chris Sprouls, calls it a tragic, cowardly, and un-American spectacle. Congresswoman Debbie Wasserman Schultz said this is what an attempted coup looks like. Senator Marco Rubio tweeted, There is nothing patriotic about what is occurring on Capitol Hill. This is third-world-style anti-American anarchy. Congressman Mike Waltz, a retired Army colonel in Green Beret who served in Afghanistan, said, This is despicable. Congresswoman Val Demings called it a coup in progress, a dark day for America. Senator Rick Scott called it disgraceful and un-American. And Governor Ron DeSantis denounced the storming of the Capitol building, but he did not condemn Donald Trump's role in inciting it. Your calendar of events today, the Palm Beach County Legislative Delegation holds a workshop at 9, followed by a public hearing at noon. The Northeast Florida Regional Council Board of Directors meets at 10 in Jacksonville. The Gilchrist County Legislative Delegation meets at 10 in Trenton. The Florida Transportation Commission meets at 10. The Supreme Court releases opinions at 11. The Dixie County Legislative Delegation meets at 1.30 in Cross City. The Brevard County Legislative Delegation meets online at 4, and the Public Service Commission meets online at 6 to continue a series of hearings about a proposal by Utilities Incorporated to raise water and sewer rates in Central Florida. Finally today, a Florida man is accused of setting up wealthy people with COVID shots, even sending invitations to big donors who were not supposed to be getting them yet. Keith Myers is the chief executive of Morse Life Health System. That's a high-end nursing home and assisted living facility in West Palm Beach. The Washington Post says Morse Life made scarce coronavirus vaccines intended for residents and staff at long-term care available to board members and to those who had made generous donations to the facility, including members of the Palm Beach Country Club. That's it for this episode of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg in Tallahassee, inviting you to join us again tomorrow as we plumb the depths of Florida politics.